Prevents Podcast. Today's business world has drawn many benefits from the age of connectivity and digitalization. It has enabled completely new business models that don't require office space. It has created company culture that is based on trust rather than control. But most importantly, it has made information accessible. The legal profession is no exception here, although some problems remain the same. As an example, there is a distribution problem. Countless potential clients go unrepresented because they cannot afford counsel at current rates or there simply is no available representation. Companies and tools either already exist or are being created to correct this imbalance. Technology, process, project management, collaboration and new delivery models are at the fingertips of future lawyers that can use them to refashion legal delivery. Okay, hi. Uh, first of all, welcome to all the listeners and... Um, My name is Daniel and this is the very first Prevence podcast that we will be launching and I'm very, very happy to introduce our our first guest, uh, the wonderful Madeleine Hoyt. Hey Madeleine, how are you? Hello, I'm fine, how are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Um, let's just, you know, let's just directly get into it. Um, Madeleine, tell us a little bit about yourself, your academic background and uh, what you do at the moment. Yes, thanks for the invitation. First, I'm very happy to be here and very honored to uh, be the start of a new legal tech podcast. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah, well, what do I do? Um, my name is Madeline. I am a um, Dutch girl, which now lives in Cologne. And um, I studied law until 2019. But um, I already started to found my startup Raketenstart, which is a German word, which means something like rocket launch, <laughs> which is probably a suitable name for what we do. Um, I started to found the company in... November 2018, and um, we do digitalization of legal advice for startups. So yeah, that's in the short form what we do. Mm. Uh, that sounds super interesting, but yeah, I'll just I'll just start off directly. You see, the thing is, how do I start my own legal startup that was never part of any course or any law course that I took, at least? Uh, how how did you come to that idea, and how did you see there's a particular niche there, or generally, yeah, how did it come to this? Um, yeah, that's a good question because there is no course where you can learn how to do that. And um, yeah, the problem is there is no course on becoming an entrepreneur either. So that's one of the biggest challenges <laughs> I'm facing at the moment. Um, I think I've always been a very um, IT-focused yeah, person, I guess. Yeah. Um, I already worked um, at the IT department during my studies at the university um, I've always been a um, social media and marketing manager for law firms to uh, finance my studies. So I've always been really interested in that topic. But um, the concrete idea came when a friend of mine from school asked me in November 2018 um, if I could help him with some legal, legal issues he had. Um, he wanted to start a fa uh, he wanted to found a startup and had no money for a lawyer. So the typical uh, situation, I guess, uh, you don't have legal knowledge, but you need legal knowledge to found a company. Um, but to get legal knowledge, you need money also, which you don't have. And if you have it, you need it to found the company too. So um, he asked me if I could help him. And I talked to my uh, trademark professor at the moment where I did uh, some courses. And he helped me to do, for example, the trademark research for the startup. And um, okay. that's when I noticed there was no solution for a founder to get into legal knowledge without having to pay a law firm for that. So that's how I 
got into it and just thought about how I could yeah find a solution for that problem. So that's how we created Raketenstart. Mm-hmm. Right. And on the way there, basically, did you have to? Um, I mean, yes, you already told, but also about a couple of people that influenced you. But uh, when exactly? When exactly? How old is uh, Raketenstart now today? Uh, the idea of Raketenstart is now one and a half years, I guess. Yeah. Um, we are not officially found as a company yet, so we are a team of 10 people at the moment, um, growing to mm. 15 to 20 people, I guess, until the end of the year. Um, and we're not founded yet because we're waiting for um, a fund from the state, which you only get when you are still at the idea stadium. So um, we pushed it a little back. Um, because it's a lot of money and um, as everybody knows who wants to found a company, it's always cool to have some money you can plan with and state money is always the best way. So um, yeah, we decided to wait for that. And apart from all the legal knowledge that you of course have to have to, to run a business like yours, everything else like the entrepreneurship or the like the business knowledge, that how did, how did you get to acquire that? Did you just learn it? Was it learning by doing or... I guess the best thing how you can learn as an entrepreneur is to run against really, really hard walls really often. Okay. Um, and then you learn how to get around those walls. Um, that's at least my experience. Um, the special thing about founding a startup is also that you start with an idea of a product and then realize over the months you are working on it that it totally changes. So where we are standing now It's totally different to the idea I thought was the solution for the problem I just right. um, found out about. So yeah, that's probably it. And I mean, with our product, we're trying to make people um, learn stuff they need to get um, to become a good entrepreneur. So we're teaching them legal basics, for example, um, which makes it easier to found a company. Um, because we need those people to solve the problems of our society, which we have, like we have Corona, um, which needs um, new medicine, but also new um, ways, for example, to register at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So those are all chances for startups to find new solutions, but you need the knowledge you don't get in school or you don't yep. get at the university. Absolutely. And in your team now, you said you were 10 to 15 people, or yeah, you're coming up to 10 to 15 people. How many lawyers do you have, or how many have an actual legal background? Um, at the moment, there is me, yeah. and there are two other girls right. who uh, do a lot of research. Um, at our company, we don't, maybe I should pitch our um, business model yeah, absolutely. Uh, in a short way. So we digitalize legal advice for startups, which means we have an online platform, um, which is built in three stages. Stage one is the uh, Raketenstadt Academy, where we teach founders all the legal basics they need to know. Um, there is like the basic um, package where you learn everything you need to know as a founder and it doesn't depend on the product. And then we teach them the special things about their product, for example, food law or for software open source and stuff like that, what you have to look after there. And um, on the second stage, we have different software we develop where you can generate contracts and also check them. And on the third stage, we connect those um, yeah, founders for individual cases with lawyers where they can get the advice they really need um, for their company. So... We have right. an all-round package, and um, yeah, we can solve a lot of problems founders have like that, I guess. Yeah. Um, back to your question, 
which I forgot. So yeah, how many actual? I mean, how many actual lawyers are working ah, in a legal yeah. tech startup? Yeah, yeah. So we're not doing um, we're not doing um, the legal advice on our own. We only oh. get the content from lawyers we partner up with, and then we put it into our product to um, make sure that 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 the product is in a language everybody understands. Right. Um, we do a lot of content marketing, so um, we don't really need a big legal team, but we need people who understand how to put legal content into products everybody understands and can work with. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, wonderful. Yeah, that would, that would also directly bring me to my next question, which is... Um, you know what other skills? What other skill sets do you think will the modern lawyer, people that are practicing law today, or people that are looking to start a, a legal tech startup, need apart from simply knowing the law nowadays? Does does uh, does the legal profession require more than that today than it did, for example, twenty years ago? Um, I think if you can program, it will always be a win in your life. Yeah. I guess you will always <laughs> make money. Yeah. Everybody's looking for developers, so that's yeah. probably a skill that you. Uh, yeah, I would I would have learned it when I could turn back time. So that's probably something which is really important. Um, I think lawyers will need to change their way of thinking and working a lot. Um, I think the legal industry is one of the last industries that doesn't put the customer in the center of attention. Um, and digitalization and the internet really changed the way people get access to stuff that they don't know on their own. So that is something which will change the industry in the next five years in a really, really big way. Um, I mean at, I mean in every you can you can look at, for example, e-commerce um, that everybody tries to put around everything around the customer. So he has to be happy. When you go to a law firm, the customer mostly doesn't even get um, what the lawyer says. So he can just hope that the lawyer does what is in his interest. Um, but the lawyer don't, uh, the lawyers don't really, at least that's my, my, my yeah, opinion. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't have the feeling that customers from lawyers come back home and say, oh, I know what he did. And I think that is the right solution for my problem because I am able to say that. Mm -hmm. um, you really have to depend on the way the lawyer tells you what to do. And, you only know if you had a good lawyer 10 years later when nothing happened. If something okay. happened, that's the only way you can um, see if the lawyer did good work because if he didn't, then it's too late. So right. you can't really do anything about it. And I think that's the last industry where it works that way. Um, and I think that's really fascinating because the internet is changing that now. Um, and there are a lot of legal tech startups who um, put the customer in the center of their business um, and it's working. So right. law firms will have to um, yeah, be careful because if they miss this timing, then there will be a lot of software who does what the customer feels is necessary. And then... Yeah, I mean, people are starting to think in a different way. They want to see what they are paying for and they want to have the feeling that they are heard. Um, I wouldn't say that law firms don't do that at the moment, but when you have access to knowledge, then 
you can do a lot of stuff on your own. That's at least what we really truly believe in, that um, we should give the power to uh, entrepreneurs in our case to do stuff they can do on their own and then work together really closely with law firms and lawyers to solve the big problems. Yeah, and I think that's uh, yeah, and I think that's the focal point here. at the end that they actually work then with legal professionals because I know it. I know it from my studies as well. Every time I had like a very difficult problem and I tried to Google it uh, without having actual professional, you would have you would have ten different answers. So I think at the end, what you have is when you have the focal point is where the where um, you actually have a legal professional help you. That I think that is that is the that is important, right? Is it or do you mean or would you rather say that? Um, just make as much information accessible as possible. Mm, I mean, I think the the field of law is really complicated in many ways. Yeah. So it wouldn't be good to give people the feeling that they can do everything on their own. Yeah. I mean, there will always be lawyers who are needed, of course. It's like doctors also. Um, and this week I talked to a founder um, from MedTech um, they developed a kind of, uh, they call it Doctor Via App, and it's for your skin. So if you have something yeah. at your skin and you're not sure what it is, um, you can just take a photo in the app, and then they have a doctor behind it who says, okay, that's this, you have to do that, and that's this, that have, and you mm -hmm. have to do that. Um, right. And normally you would have to wait for an appointment three months, but because of the app, you can just... Um, I think they need 24 hours to oh, wow. give you the first impression of uh, what you should do. Um, and you can even, I mean, in Germany we need, uh, they call it Rezept. So yeah. you can go to uh, get your medicine, for example. And you can even get that through the app in 24 hours. And they send it to um, the medicine store and you can just pick up what you need. So that's really cool. Um, and I think that's the same in the legal where you still need the doctor, you know? So Absolutely. you will still need the lawyer, but you get more easy access to it and you get affordable access to it because uh. you can do things based on knowledge that you have access to. And then you can go further and say, okay, in this specific situation, I choose to get an expert to help me put something for my individual situation in place. And I think that's something which is really, really great because I think the most important thing in Germany, for example, that we have um, is the laws because they um, are a really fascinating system which has been thought of for years. But it is something that people don't really have a connection to anymore. You see it when there are um, elections, for example, which yeah. parties get voted. I think people feel left behind because they don't have the connection to the law anymore. And that's really sad because we have a really great situation here. Um, you could see it in Corona. Um, they call it Kurzarbeit. Yeah. Um, that we have something here is, is a privilege Completely. you don't have everywhere in the world. And you need to... Um, get the people back on board with you. And I think legal tech is a really great opportunity to do that and to make fe to make people feel um, that they belong to this society and that it is a privilege to have a system of law the way we do. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the topic corona. This is something I would, I would like to come back now to. Um, we talk a lot about office space nowadays because you know once corona hit us, uh, everybody was forced to do remote work 
But then of, all of a sudden, everyone noticed, hey man, this is working and this is working great. And now you know the, the buzz of home office is, is wearing off. Um, my question for you would be: Do you think? Do you think? What do you think of the concept of office space? Now that we know that it works, is it is it really necessary? Especially in the in the yeah in the legal profession, do we really do we really need offices? And what are the what are the pros and cons in your personal experience? I mean, especially against this backdrop here, we are now in a co working space, and uh, you you have your own you have your own offices lined up. I know that, and uh, yeah, I just want to know your own your two cents on the opinion. Mm, I think um, the middle is always the best solution. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good if you have an office um, because you can create a social atmosphere which can push your company to a next level. Um, I've been spending my time in the last months where I had more time to read because uh, there were no events and I totally love to go to events. But if there are none, then I have time for something else. Mm -hmm. Um And uh, I'm reading a book at the moment, it's called Tribal Leadership, how you can create a group dynamic for a company really um, yeah, getting into revolutionary, um, revolutionary yeah, products. Mm -hmm. And I think you need an atmosphere and a team which yeah, trust each other on a really, really high level where nobody is afraid of I'm talking about mistakes being made. And I think I noticed in Corona, it's really hard to create that kind of trust when you're not Absolutely. looking into each other's eyes, for example. So I think that human beings always um, are social yeah, people yeah. and um, that it's important to um, bring people together um, getting to know each other. I mean, we did a lot of remote events like uh, drinking beer and uh, mm. virtual beer pong and stuff like that. But That's it's always <laughs> different if you have to do it only the remote way. Yeah. yeah. So for the law firms, um, I think that we should just think about our responsibility to our world we live in and that we think about is it really necessary to travel everywhere mm -hmm. because it has an impact on our environment and we need to think of solutions how to uh, make this impact we are having at the moment smaller so we can um, yeah, solve problems like gas emissions and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and I, I don't think that it would be... I mean, there are companies I know which work remotely completely, which is fine, Um But I'm like a social person and I love community and I love the community of my team. So we would always have, um, I call it, call it our base um, where we can meet and um, be together. But I also um, created our company the way that everybody can work from where he wants if he likes to. Um, right. I love to travel also. So it was one of my big goals that I don't have to be anywhere, but I can if I like to. And that's... Um, Yeah, what we use our office for at the moment. We're trying to create in our new office a kind of ecosystem for startups in Cologne where everybody can come if he likes to and get connected. Um, but, I mean, everybody can work from anywhere. I think for law firms it's really special because they didn't do remote work because they're really afraid of many stuff. Yeah, And um, I think it's 
a system based on, on hierarchy really much. Yeah. And the system wouldn't work if the people wouldn't have the environment where they feel like stressed and right. where they feel that they have to um, be better than the person next to them, um, which is something that I always thought of was really awful in most of the law firms mm. because people don't push each other to be the best version of themselves, but people put each other down to get to a higher position. Mm -hmm. um, I think that remote work and more trust in the work of the people and um, yeah, the possibility to um, have a life next to work will change a lot. I mean, people are not willing to um, work 20 hours a day anymore. Like right, you see yeah, when you talk yeah. to younger people that yeah. they um, yet are looking for jobs which give them a freedom, more freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think remote work creates that kind of freedom and also efficiency because when I go and try to take Deutsche Bahn, like the train, that costs me not only nerves but also a lot of time yeah. because it doesn't really work that well. Absolutely. And I would have worked two hours at home already. So that gives me more life quality. And um, that is something that will have to change also in the legal industry because people are not willing to spend all their time working anymore. But we need more lawyers because there are more problems coming up. So that's a problem which has to be solved and where people have to be open about it because they will not get new and young people into their law firm anymore if they don't. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the one thing that is always brought, uh, one of the arguments that is always brought forward for, let's say, um, companies that only do remote work is that, of course, you have very low overhead costs. And you can, uh, and then, of course, that isn't reflected in, uh, in the fees for the client. So basically, you have, uh, have value driven fees. And, of course, yeah, what you also mentioned, that people just have more quality time for themselves, for their partners, for their families. Um, but yeah, and I also think, for example, Prevence is also a company that goes completely remote work and it's working well for them as well. And I think it is a, definitely a business model that especially now in the wake of Corona will uh, find more appreciation and also offers a lot of opportunities, like you just said. I mean, what's fascinating about the law industry also is that it doesn't, um, it's not only important to have an office, but it mm. has to be an office which looks like lots of money. Exactly. So, and, and you have to drive a car which looks oh like lots of money because if you don't, right. you're a shitty lawyer it, because you can't afford a crazy how, car. You and know? how like, messed up is that? Because seriously, at the end of the day, what does it result? It's about image. And seriously, if you're, oh my God, no, I need to go. I need to go to a law firm that looks like they make big money. And of course, yes, if you have a great law firm and everything looks wonderful and expensive, it is an indicator that you are that you offer pristine legal services. But seriously, that also stuff like you know client orientation, employee engagement, those are also indicators for good legal services. You don't need to have an expensive car, or you don't need to have the office building that is I don't know how much how much it costs in rent or lease. There are other ways how you can basically assert yourself. So yeah, I don't know how. I, do you think that's a typical law thing, like the thing that the totally. being flashy and everything? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I worked for law firms um, mostly as an like a marketing uh, yeah. person. Yeah. But I talked to them about it, and they most of them talked about it really open, and they were like, "Yeah, if I drive a shitty car, yeah. then my customers think um, that." I don't do good work yeah. because I can't afford a good car and then they don't come to me. So, yeah. but what's also like something I've been thinking about 
Um, I had a really, really old car and it didn't make it uh, through the test anymore. <laughs> but I really loved it because yeah. I bought it for 400 euros and it, mm. like the wheels were working, which was the important part. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now I'm thinking about a new car and something a befriended lawyer said to me was like, yeah, but if you want to cooperate with big law firms, you have to have a great car because they don't take you seriously if you come there in your 400 yeah. euro yeah. car. Um, which has been hit by some other cars sometimes. <laughs> it was not me, but yeah. if it's hit one time, then everybody else is like, ah, oh, they don't mind. <laughs> so, yeah. But but he was like, yeah, you have to get like a crazy car because if it looks like that, then the law firms are going to think your company is working really, mm. really well and then they want to team up with you. And I was like, that's so sad. <laughs> Isn't it like, but it's the same in the um, in the system, how people get grades in the in, in the law field because um you always look on the numbers and when somebody has like um the grade which everybody wants to have which is like in the in the legal system nine points i guess and and, and upwards um they say oh that is a good lawyer yeah, yeah but if you think about it that's totally crazy too because i always thought the people who were studying so much um that they didn't really have a social life. They might know lots of law cases, but I think being a good lawyer is not only about knowing the law really well, but also nice. like a psychological exactly. way that you can, um, yeah, that you have empathy for your customer and nice. know what he wants and what is his problem and how he feels about it. And if you don't have the social skills, right. you will never be a good lawyer. And if you are not good in um yeah arguing for your place you know yeah. then you're also not going to be a good lawyer and that is something you don't learn by sitting in the library and studying so you have seen everything yeah. for the exam yeah. um i wouldn't say that everybody who has good grades is not a good lawyer yeah. but i think that um the whole system is not about finding out who somebody is as a person and who <laughs> what he can do like when I talk to other people who study with me, most of them say, yeah, and when are you going to do a normal job? <laughs> and I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> like what's what's not good about my job Holy now? Okay. I mean, yeah. I have not, I now have a company um, with, with 10 employees and they are still like, okay, uh, <laughs> and when are you going to work re for real? <laughs> <laughs> Only okay. because I decided to go into a different oh. direction, which is crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, and that's like a way of thinking, which is really, really um, deeply in the legal industry, which will have to change because if it doesn't, and if it doesn't change really fast, um, then they are going to lose a lot of customers and a lot of chances because um, the society is moving forward so quickly. We've been talking about digitalization for 20 years now yep. and it's not about if we do digitalization it's about how can we do it and how can we do it really really fast because we are so far behind yeah, we're for, exactly for certain industries how can we keep up with the yeah. digitalization yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. and I've been to lots of legal conferences last year and everybody was like yeah maybe we should do digitalization I was like are you still thinking that the internet is not going to make it <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. So it's not about if, but how can we do it? And how can we? And that's 
my personal opinion, because I want to spend my lifetime like that, how can we create products um, to make the life of people and the life of our society better? Um, and how can I use my abilities to do so? And that also means going with the time and going with digitalization and create um, products for things that or for jobs which have been a pain in the ass until now. Like um, there are many people. Um, we have like the um, data privacy, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, when company A buys company B, you can't really um, just use the data. You always have to like black it out. Right. Um, and there are people who do that full time. Um, just like putting black boxes in documents so you can't really see um, the data of people anymore. Why does a person have to do this by hand? Yeah. And they still do that. So um, a friend of mine um, who studied physics, he started with, when, I think when he was 16, so he's a crazy guy. He was just like, oh, that's so easy. Why don't we do a software for that? And he just programmed a software which does it automatically. So when you have 100,000 pages, which is a normal size for when company A buys company B, for example, then it does it. Um, normally you have like weeks where somebody puts the boxes with dope or what you use for it uh, until now. And you just put it into his software and after three minutes you get it. And that's so crazy. So we can also use it to um, yeah, make jobs you really don't want to do, like where you don't really need lawyers to do it. Um, you can make these jobs done by software and create a better life for everybody involved. So, yeah, no, I especially like the the part uh, that you mentioned with uh, with the social component because, I mean, let's be honest. Like, if a good lawyer is uh, competent and ethical. But a great lawyer also has social intelligence. And I mean, the social intelligence, that is just a component that you, as you just said, you don't learn it in a, in a legal course. You don't learn it by spending 12 hours a day in the seminar, in the library, but you learn it by you know going out with friends and actually being a human being. And I think that is a component that separates the good lawyers from the great lawyers. Um, yeah, my next question would be, uh, on your journey to where we're sitting today, is uh, are there any noteworthy obstacles or experiences that you would want to inform potential future founders of? Um, I think that you should always look into the basic topics from the very beginning if you want to save a lot of money. So that's not only the typical legal stuff, but also the impacts of it on the general business. For example, when you choose a name, um, you can register your own trademark, but if there's also a free domain to use, you have to check that first because you can't really, like if you need to buy a domain which is already taken, uh, you need a lot of money. So that's really a pain. Um, then is your name even a good choice for search, search engine optimization, for example? Right. Which is the next thing I just uh, talked to a friend about it today because um she has a food startup and she uses food in the name of the company. Um, tried to get like Google AdWords on the word food for a food company. So because you pay cost per click and you don't want that <laughs> because people searching for food. And if you want to place your food there, then they will go on there on your site. You pay and then they say, oh, that's not what I'm looking for. And then they go. So that's not good. So you have to think about all the different topics which work together. Um, and which are important um, in the whole overview you have to take. So that's really important. 
um, there are many topics that have an impact on the whole business. So you have to generate an overview for yourself of all the most important ones as quickly as possible if you don't want to burn all the money that you have and you don't have much in the beginning. So um, try to get the whole picture and then um, get all the knowledge you need. I noticed that in the last weeks when we grow from the uh, with the team, so we really, really grew really fast. So you have nobody teaches you in your legal studies um, how do you how do you do recruiting? Right. Like, yeah. what questions do you like answer the people to find out um, if they are crazy people or um, <laughs> if they suit into your vision of a team? Um, do they? Um, another topic which is really important for us is our mission. Do they want to work for your team because they believe in the mission, like in the mission? Um, or do they want to earn money? Because a startup doesn't work if you have people who only want to earn money because there's no money in right. a startup nice. in the beginning. So you have to create a vision for your team and you have to make people believe in it, believe like believe in it so badly that they want to be part of this revolution. Like what we're doing for the legal industry with our product is a revolution um, because we are changing the point of view on the customer because we do um, we create access to law for everyone who wouldn't have this access without our product because you would have a lot of money you would have to have a lot of money to get um, all the legal advice from lawyers which you don't have so you just go and risk everything um, and what we're doing is teaching people yeah, how the law works so they can help themselves. And that is something which is totally new. Um, giving people help to help themselves in the legal industry is not how it works because there are no billable hours you can take right. from that. Right. Um, so yeah, that's really important. So you have to learn recruiting, you have to learn uh, marketing, storytelling, like it's the most important thing about a startup because when you talk to somebody, you have to make this person believe that what you're doing is a good thing and that it will work because you need money from investors, obviously. So we learned really fast that telling our story and why we do it, like how we do it doesn't really, like nobody is interested in that. It's okay if there's a good product, but people want to know why. Like, why are you doing this? And if you are able to tell the story that you we do it always like that. We want to change a whole industry. We want to create access for every person who wants to have access to law. Then it's something totally different because you get people on board really fast and really early, um, which you need to build a company we are trying to build. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, and from all the things uh, that you know, you were talking about search engine optimization, Zio. Uh, you also said that you have a background in in marketing. How important and how exactly do you do it at Raketenstadt? How exactly what influence does marketing have uh, for your business? And is it? And I I mean I know because you told me that you guys all are also uh, active on TikTok and everything. Is there? How how would you describe uh, the efficiency and how important do you think this aspect is, especially like especially in the startup scene, but especially also for the legal business, which is by nature conservative? Mm, marketing for every company is the key to success. Mm -hmm. You can have an okay product, but if you have great marketing, 
everybody will buy it anyway. So um, I think it's something which is really, really important um, because you can use marketing to tell the story of you as a founder and why mm -hmm. you decided to be paid really, really bad in the beginning, <laughs> which normally has a reason. So you can tell your story, you can tell the story of your company, um, you can tell the story of your team, which produces your product. Um, and that's like the most important thing to do because you can have a great product which can change the world if nobody knows about it and nobody gets why it's existing, then it won't work. So um, I have, like, when we say I have a background in marketing, it's not like I studied marketing. I always had, like, um, mm. a really good butt feeling, I think, about <laughs> marketing. I don't know how you say it in English. There will probably be a better word for it. But um, in, in Germany, I would say, like, yeah, maybe it's intuition, I guess. So, yeah. um, gut feeling, is it? Uh, yeah, that's I think gut feeling, feeling is quite good, yeah. 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 Uh, not butt feeling. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's okay also. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the like, if I look at our business now, um, <laughs> which is funny because I only realized some weeks ago what we actually are doing mm -hmm. with our business. And in, in the beginning, I thought... Um, we're creating something so you don't need lawyers anymore. So then I realized we're creating something which takes away really shitty work from lawyers they don't want to do and don't get paid for. Um, you have to realize that. Um, and then in the end, I noticed that what we are doing um, specifically is content marketing for law firms because we create a universe for founders where they find legal help <laughs> which you need law firms for because I can't write all the content on my own. I need people who are doing this job and have the experience to write this content for me and I put it into products people understand. So I'm like a translator between law firms and entrepreneurs, which I am also because we are a startup for startups. So they want to buy something from me because they know how the pain is to build a company. And I'm like on one level with them. They trust me really, really much. Um, I have 20 mails each day where people ask me for my opinion or help in different yeah, questions. So um, we create a universe for founders where they find legal advice. So what we're doing as a vision is we are the first place somebody who wants to found a company goes to when he's looking for legal help. Um, in the long term, probably when he's looking for help in any topic. So we create customers for law firms because um, you can teach them some legal basics um, and you can give them tools so they can help themselves. But in the end, you need the specified lawyer for your question to help you make the contract you generated um, and put it into your specific situation. So we are doing marketing for law firms even if they don't get it yet. I, I needed a long time for it too. So, um, And we use social media. We use um, yeah, the purest form of content marketing because we, write a, a, we uh, are writing a blog mm -hmm. um, about legal topics. Um, at the moment, we are writing the content. But in the long term, um, not only law firms, but also professors and um, yeah, PhDs will give us their topics. They are... Um, working with and thinking about to publish them 
at our platform so founders read it and can turn them into business ideas or can turn them um, into solutions for problems they found. Um, and that is quite crazy because I never realized what we're doing. So that's why social media is so important for us because it's um, our tunnel and our door to reach every entrepreneur in the whole country because um, they are obviously selling their own problems on uh, products on social media. So we can reach them there really easy. One other thing I like noticed about founders is because it's such a big pain most of the time to be a founder. I mean, I really love it. It's fascinating how fast you learn, but it's a pain most of the time um, because you always have to uh, yeah, um, overcome new struggles. It's really, really hard. I really love it. It really fulfills me, but it's really, really hard and it's a lot of work um, and it's a lot of hours and tears you need for it. So um, it's not easy, but... Um, Every founder, maybe because of that, feels the need to tell everybody um, that he's a founder. So <laughs> it's like vegans, you know? Like you didn't, you didn't ask for it, but oh, yeah. by the way, I founded my own startup. So And you also do CrossFit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's probably the, the sickest, sickest combination of it. <laughs> but, but that's something I realized that founders always tell everybody that they are founders and they show it in the internet. So yeah. there is no... Um, group of people you can track better than an entrepreneur yeah. on the internet yeah. through LinkedIn, through Instagram. Everybody will say in its bio, yeah, I'm the founder of blah, blah, blah. So it's really easy to track them and really easy to um, do advertising, like performance marketing and stuff. And um, because we are one of them, it's also really easy to... Um, make them believe in our product because we are creating something that helps them fulfill their dreams and vision. So that's cool. And that's also why we uh, discovered TikTok for us. Um, I think for me, it's really important to um, show people that becoming an entrepreneur is a real um, alternative to classic job, like mm -hmm. classic jobs you would take normally also as a, as a legal person like, like a lawyer judge or, a lawyer or, or a, judge or whatever working at the city administration so. yeah yeah and because I don't feel like I worked one day since I'm doing what I really love um, I want to give this opportunity and this view to other people and this is also really easy through social media because I let people be part of my daily life as a founder um, I take them with me. I tell them about my learnings, um, mostly on LinkedIn, for example. I tell them about my success when we do a step forward. I also tell about the problems we have finding good, finding good people for your company and your team is like the biggest pain ever. Um, but I also, yeah, they they have the feeling that they come with us. So yeah. that's really cool and. That's why we have TikTok now, because I also want to show young people who go to school and we use this yeah, social media tool that they can like choose to be an entrepreneur and choose to be creative and do jobs they really like if they want to. And I want to show them what founding a startup is like. So that's a really good opportunity to get access to this young people yeah. to maybe... Um, 
take the fear away from going into risk and from creating an own company. So, yeah, I think believing in your dream is really important. And I think that um, the last years have been really hard for people to realize um, that it's it's never been possible to fulfill your dreams like through the internet now. So now's the time to do your own stuff. And that's where we can use marketing and social media for. So cool. that's really cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think uh, we're also at the end of our time. I think I'll just want to end this with thank you so, so much, Madeleine, for taking time off your very, very busy schedule. <laughs> it's and, been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, and uh, a lot of respect. Congratulations uh, on uh, what you're doing right now, even though our friends from law school won't consider it a real job, <laughs> as you just told us. <laughs> when are you but, going uh, back to my real job? Like, <laughs> I don't know. When are you going to work for me? To, like... right. Yeah, and um, yeah, we wish you all the best. Thank you thank very you, much. Thank you for being a thank very you for inviting me. Wonderful. We hope we'll see you again at some point. Yeah. If you're if you're not going to be too busy in the future, <laughs> you can always <laughs> listen to my podcast if you like. Very well. Yeah, just... you, yeah. Exactly. You want to pitch your? You want to pitch the website? Or, or oh yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you if you want to uh, get more information about what we're doing, you can find us on TikTok, obviously on uh, raketenstart.de, but also that's the type. Uh, that's the name of the website. So. Um, you can find us there. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you like. Or if you want to meet more interesting and really exciting founders, then uh, listen to our podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Music. It's also called the Raketenstart Podcast. So that's wonderful. Cool. Okay, then let's wrap it up. Thank you very much. <laughs> Prevents Podcast.